Okay, this Shabrenga that we're going to learn was given on a similar setup to this year, where Rosh Hashanah and 19th of Kislev, was on Shabbos. And the Febrengen that we're studying is the Febrengen that was given after Shabbos. On Yutas Kislev itself, on Shabbos itself, we spoke about the theme of the 19th of Kislev. Really? 1973? In generally, in general, the Fabrengen on the 19th of Kislev is supposed to be in the eve of the um, 20th of Kislev. You make the Fabrengen by day and it goes into the night. The reason for that is why do we, why is the main fabrengen yutaskislev in the evening of the nineteenth of kislev? Although the Alt Rebbe himself was released on the nineteenth, nevertheless there were still some hiccups that delayed his redemption for three hours until he had a full freedom. As is known, the famous story. The story was that they uh, brought out the Rebbe instead of bringing him to the home of one of his chassidim, they brought him to the home of one of his detractors who tormented the Alter Rebbe until he was released. So the reason the Fabregan is celebrated specifically in the evening has, has a similar uh, reason to the blessing of Hagomel. Even after a person has already emerged from danger, they don't say the bracha of Hagomel right away. You wait until you fully return to your health. Although the danger, which is the reason for the obligation for the bracha, has ended long ago, you don't say the bracha until you fully recover. And so too in regards to the 19th of Kislev, although the, the, the danger of the government's decree was already nullified in the daytime, but the Fabrengen waits until there is a full return to health. The parallel over here is the full redemption of the Alter Rebbe when he was um, released from the home of his attractor, which he actually said was worse and harder than, <laughs> than being in prison. You have to understand how the way a, a rabbi thinks to have some, some uh, uh, appreciation for that sentence, but, but that's a different subject. So anyways, how do move on? So, the reason for this again is that the beginning of the... Um, so the, although the, the redemption, the full redemption, is in the evening, but it's understood that the, at the beginning of the redemption happened during the daytime. Since the 19th of Kislev this year is on Shabbos, so it blesses all the following days of the week, and how much more so does it bless the day of, of Saturday night, of Matzah Shabbos. The title of the day is Motzei Shabbos. Its day itself, the, the title itself indicates its relationship to Shabbos. 
ועד שהסוסות במוצא שבס אין מפני עצמי משבס. כמו שחזר בתשע על פה, שכל עניין שבו הם דיוקים, כך שגם המושל הם דיוק בכל הפרטים, שעניין של סודו שאיך במוצא שבס הוא כדרך של מרמס המלך, הרי בשור של מרמס המלך נמצאים יחד נימי, אבל שאין זה כפי שמלך נמצא אלא כפי שכל הולך בדרך, אבל הוא די יחד המלך. Motzei Shabbos is not something separate from Shabbos. Our sages give a parable to explain the theme of this meal. This meal is called the meal to accompany the king. So if you're accompanying the king, you're still with the king. It's just not the way the king is in your home, it's the way the king is already on the road, about to go on the road. Uh, already going on the road, but, but you are still with the king, you're accompanying him on the road. So he's not in your home, but you're going with him. So but you're still with the king. So that's the meaning of the meal we have in Motzei Shabbos. It's called Melava Malka. Melava Malka to accompany the king. Or, uh, although it's after Shabbos, but we're still together with the king, we're still together with Shabbos, the queen, just we're not with Shabbos as Shabbos is in Shabbos' own place, meaning on, with the holiness of Shabbos, rather we're with Shabbos as Shabbos departs. On Motzei Shabbos itself, we're before midnight, so it's certainly a time that has connection with everything that has to do with Shabbos. How much more so is the relevance to the 19th of Kislev, relevance, relevance to Shabbos, highlighted because Radafabrengen, which is connected to a miracle. Hatam Shikoshim Nesu, why do we call a miracle a nes? Because the word nes means to be elevated. I will raise my banner upon the mountains. The idea of a of the word nes means something that is elevated and above the area around it. That's what the word nes means, something which is elevated and it's, it's, it's uh, above the whole area around. So in time, Shabbos, it would be called a nes. A non-Jew could say, why is this day different than, the, than any other day? That's, a, that's from the perspective of, an, of a non-Jew. However, the truth is, this is a day that's beyond all days of the week. And that's why you're not allowed to be involved in all the forbidden things you can't do on Shabbos. That mean, and not only you're not allowed to do the forbidden things on Shabbos, you're not even allowed to do mundane things. That means on Shabbos, a Jew is elevated from all things that are mundane because of the holiness that, are, that, that is present during these hours, which are above the hours of, days, of the six, six days of the week. So, Yom, so Shabbos is like a miracle compared to nature. I just learned yesterday a mimer where the Rebbe says, that's why you have to go, you're supposed to go to the mikveh on Friday evening. Why have to go to the mikveh? The word mikveh, or the word immersion in Hebrew, tefillah, is the same letters as the word bitl. So um, you're, you're supposed to divest yourself from everything that you did during the days of the week, 
supposed to nullify that and nullify that whole experience and ascend to a new, new, new place. And even though you were serving Hashem during the week, it's a mitzvah to serve Hashem. Uh, it's a mitzvah, I'm sorry, to, go to, to uh, create a vessel for your livelihood and to go to work and to all the other things you're not supposed to do on Shabbos. Even though it's a miracle, yet Shabbos is higher. Shabbos is not involved in all the mundane things. There was drawing an analogy between this and um, various levels of the soul. Um, there's a level of the soul called Chaya, which that level is about a love for Hashem, beyond logical reason, incredible love for Hashem. But that love has a parallel attraction to the opposite of holiness. So therefore, it's, it's not that there is no, no trace of something which isn't holy, it's just that it could lift you above something which isn't holy. It's not that it... It, you know, it's such a powerful desire, it overrides the desire of your animal soul and it, and, and it makes your desires of your animal soul um, pushed aside. But it's not that they don't exist, it's just, just they're pushed aside. Then there is a level of Yechida. Love of Yechida is that a Jew and a Shemra one, that there is nothing else. And compared to Yechida, Chaya is, leaves room for the outside. So it's, it's like... Days of the week, you're serving Hashem, but it's through a war, through a difficult thing. You have to, you're serving Hashem, you're trying to elevate the sparks and the mundane things in, in your life, but that, that's a war. There's a war you have when you eat, the war you have when you, when you daven, the war you have when you go to work. In each experience, you're trying to do the right thing that Hashem wants you to do and not to get um, caught by the environment that you're in and not to get, get, get um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not to get, um, not to forget who you are, and not to forget what Hashem wants, not to forget, to forget the reason you're involved. Like the word Yaakov is named the Jewish people during the week. Yaakov also means to trick. You're supposed to be like a spy. You're, you, you're, you're a spy speaks the language of the people that he sent to. You spy wears the clothing people sent to. But he has something else in mind. He worked intelligence. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Not that kind of intelligence. Okay, anyway, so, so during the week you are that guy. During the week you are the spy. You are sent to do mundane things, but you have something else in mind. So in order to, um, so, so, so there's, there's, there's a, a, a war. But the war only exists from a lower level of the soul. From the perspective of the soul of Yechida, there's no war, there's no opposition. And um, so, so, so anyway, I got into that, I just, I got into this discussion, let me just finish the point that we've said, is, and that is that even when you're involved in the mundane, Hashem allows us to connect to that highest level of the soul, which knows, the, knows, knows of no opposition. And that's why the verse says, Hashem redeem my soul in peace from those who war against me. Even though I'm involved in a war, I'm involved in a place of challenge, Hashem gives me a connection to my deepest self, which doesn't have any challenges. But getting back to our subject, so Shabbos is compared to a miracle in comparison to the days of the week, and that's why we go to the mikvah between Friday and Shabbos. When you have a miracle on Matzei Shabbos, that's higher than the miracle of Shabbos. Uh, on Matzei Shabbos, celebrating um, a miracle, so you have a fusion of two energies. You have a fusion of the days of the week, and yet you're celebrating something which is beyond the days of the week. It says in the Medrash, Moshe Rabbeinu is called the miracle of the Jewish people because he's above everybody else. He is like a miracle compared to nature. And who is the miracle of Moshe? It says the Talmud, Hashem. As it says in the Pasuk, Hashem is my miracle. 
Just like this is true for all the Jewish people, just like, sorry, just like this is true for Moshe Rabbeinu, this is also true for all the Jewish people. Because it says in the Torah, your nation are all tzaddikim. And when it says your nation, it's not referring to um, Jewish people as a whole, it's referring to every individual Jew. As the Mishnah derives from this verse, the verse, your nation is all righteous, the Mishnah derives, Mishnah derives from this, that every Jew will merit to come to the resurrection of the dead. So who can come to the resurrection of the dead? When it says all Jews, doesn't mean the Jewish people, most Jews, it means every single Jew. So every single Jew is called a tzaddik. Therefore every Jew has a similarity to Moshe Rabbein. So what's the similarity? Let's first preface and say this. The Jewish people need to behave in a lofty way, in a miraculous way. In comparison to the, the way the nation and the world behave. In the language of the Rambam, just like a wise man is noticeable. You could tell a wise man the, with his wisdom, with the things that he says that are wise. So too is the says by Maimonides. A wise man has to also be noticeable in the, what he does and what he eats and what he drinks and how he does business. So there are ten things Maimonides mentions that a wise man must do that's beyond everybody else. But the question is, you're going to sit down to eat, a Jew is sitting down to eat and drink, why does it have to be noticeable that a Jew is doing this? Say your bracha before you eat. The first bracha before you eat, and then after you finish eating, say another bracha. But after you already um, remove the prohibition of enjoying something from this world without saying a bracha, there's in the Talmud, if you, if you eat without a bracha, it's like you're stealing from Hashem, it's like you're stealing from the Jewish people, it's like you're stealing from your father or mother. But now you said the bracha. You're now allowed to have this enjoyment. And that's what you're able to eat. That's what you're able to drink. So why is it necessary that it should be noticeable that this is the way a Jew eats? And yet, the Torah obligates us that we have to eat and drink in a certain way. That it should be noticeable that the Jew who's eating is eating according to Torah, according to the instruction of Hashem. And this is not only in regards to Torah and mitzvahs, but again, things which seem to be completely mundane. And yet a Jew makes them into a miracle. He lifts them out of just being mundane things. So when he's eating, it's noticeable that he's eating according to the Torah. And therefore he's not eating in a gluttonous way. The Torah itself forbids us to eat in a gluttonous way. And even if you make a bracha, you're still not allowed to, not allowed to oh, I ate and made a bracha, now I could be a glutton. No, on the contrary. There is a law in the Torah about the rebellious son. The rebellious son the Torah talks about who eats in a gluttonous way. What is the prohibition, what kind of food is he eating? Kosher food. That means the Torah is commanding us that even when we eat and drink kosher food, we have to have parameters. And not just parameters that the human mind makes, but the parameters that the wise man, someone who learns Torah, makes. The parameters that are governed by the laws of Torah. So this idea that a Jew doesn't just learn Torah and do mitzvahs, but even as eating and drinking is done in a, in, in a nace kind of way, in an elevated way, elevated beyond nations of the world, that power we get from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is called the miracle of the Jewish people. He's called one of the seven shepherds. And among the seven shepherds, he's called the faithful shepherd of every single Jewish man and woman. So he empowers us to lift ourselves 
above our surroundings and eat and drink in a higher way. We also have beyond what Moshe Rabbeinu himself gives us, we also have the miracle of Moshe. In other words, we said before that Moshe is a miracle of Jewish people, and who is the miracle, who can consider miracles from Moshe? Hashem. So, in our, in, let's go back to the analogy of eating and drinking. During the whole week, we're supposed to eat and drink in an elevated way, right? Just eat in a higher kind of way. Then there's something else even beyond that. That's a miracle of, beyond the miracle, and that's when you're eating and drinking because it's a mitzvah. Like eating and drinking on Shabbos. Or eating and drinking, you're eating and drinking to the mitzvah of enjoying Shabbos. So that's, that's a miracle within a miracle. Not just you're eating and drinking in, in an elevated way, but you're eating and drinking itself as a mitzvah. Similar kind of meal happens when Jews are gathered to strengthen each other to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, meaning by Febrenim. This is the idea of, I'm sorry, yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu said that Jews should gather on Shabbos and learn Torah together. And this continues throughout the week and how much more so does it continue after Shabbos that when, we're, when we're accompanying the king, we're accompanying the Shabbos. Um, so, so this for bringing there, saying is a miracle within a miracle. It's a, it's a nest of a nest because it's not just um, eating during the week in an elevated way, but it, it, is, um, it, ha- it continues the theme of, 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 of a special meal to strengthen ourselves in tournaments. So based upon what we learned many times, that Shabbos is a day that blesses all days of the week, we have to continue the Shabbos kite, Shabbos the kite throughout the week. And so too regarding the miracle, that don't let the miracle stop when the, when the time finishes for the miracle. But the miracle has to influence the time afterwards. The miracle shouldn't only be celebrated at the exact time that it happened, the miracle has to continue. The, the, the miracle should have an influence in the following time. It should bring an elevation um, not just to the exact moment when the miracle happened, um, the, 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 the heightened um, awareness, the heightened, heightened sensitivity you had during the time that you celebrated the miracle should continue after the, the, that time as well. Even though, um, yeah, like the story is told, I'm sorry, Okay, so we're supposed to be elevated not just in the time of the celebration of the 19th of Kilsev, it's, it's, supposed to be conti- it's supposed to continue. And the Rebbe says, this is being told to every single Jew and to all the Jewish people. And this is something that Hashem gives us in, our, in the Torah through Hashem. Hashem creates a human being. And He knows the Jew as a, is made of flesh and blood. He knows the Jew is a soul and a body. He knows the Jew has all the limitations of his body. He knows the Jew is outside of, outside of Israel in the time of, in time of exile. So it's clear that Hashem first gives us the ability to do all this because you load a camel according to its burden. It means despite the fact that there are so many, so many difficulties in trying to elevate yourself from being in a mundane state and making yourself in a Shabbos-like state. Um, and again, Shabbos beyond Shabbos, as we just said. A miracle beyond the miracle. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. So not only does a Jew not get affected by his surroundings. And not only is a Jew not, not do they not, does he, does he, is he not, um, not only is he not affected by his surroundings, but the opposite, 
he becomes the master of surroundings and he shows an example for, the, for the entire, his entire surroundings, for the entire world, and is starting by being an example for his fellow Jews. The Torah says, love your fellow like yourself. Or in the language of Mashiach, Mashiach told the Baal to let your wellspring spread to the outside. So a Jew also has that ability to spread his influence to the outside, his own wellsprings. And to be um, a light unto the nations, Jew has the ability not just to be to, to himself to be beyond, uh, to lift himself up beyond beyond uh, the mundane, but to be an influence in nations around him. That he affects the nations of the world, and not only should they not disturb other Jews, but also they should keep their own seven laws of Noah. As Maimonides says, the Jew has an obligation to make an effort that a non-Jew should keep their laws, with all the details of their laws. And this is preparation for the coming of Mashiach, when, when it says Mashiach will come, all the nations of the world will be transformed to serve Hashem with clear speech and with one consent. That, that, that uh, everyone will know that their Hashem is one and His name is one. This all depends upon our efforts during the six millennia, especially during the time of the exile, when we're still among nations, and then in this place, in this environment, we make a home for Hashem through studying Torah and the Mises. And by doing this, we connect with the time, the event of the giving of the Torah. As Al-Trebbe says that when Mashiach will come, we're going to experience something that was similar to the event of the giving of the Torah. When the world saw godliness, and the bird didn't chirp, and angel didn't sing, the whole world was quiet, and the whole, from all directions we heard Hashem say, I am Lord your God. So, so when Mashiach will come, there's going to be um, some reenactment and even more of that moment. So Jew has the ability to cause this through his learning Torah, his doing mitzvahs, and acting in a way of an all your ways you should know Hashem. And by doing this, he elevates and purifies the world, and makes the world a home for Hashem, and then we have the complete Geula, the true Geula, and speedily mamish. All right. Any questions or comments? We got it.